Hey, welcome to the 1505 Club. This week, I want to talk about masks. It seems that many who are in favor of masks assume that masks are harmless. So why not do what you can to help your fellow man? But is this a good assumption? My wife found an incredible systematic review from the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health. It was published in March of 2021. In total, this study is 42 pages long, which means we have a lot to work with. So let's talk about masks. The title of this review is, Is a mask that covers the mouth and nose free from undesirable side effects in everyday use and free from potential hazards? There are eight authors listed on the paper. Their names are Kai Kizilinski, Paul Gaboni, Andreas Prescher, Bernd Klosterhofen, David Gressel, Stefan Funken, Oliver Kemsky, and Oliver Hirsch. Their employment in the same order is private practice, Private Practice, Institute of Molecular and Cellular Anatomy, Institute of Pathology, Institute of Neuroscience and Medicine, Private Practice, Institute of Neurosurgical Pathophysiology, and Department of Psychology, FOM University of Applied Sciences. All the authors are employed in Germany. Okay, now that we have the references out of the way, let's dig into the meat. The authors have divided the negative consequences into 15 different categories. It would take too long to cover all 15 in depth, but I'd like to at least touch on all 15. So let's start with number one, general physiological and pathophysiological effects for the wearer. As early as 2005, an experimental dissertation demonstrated that wearing surgical masks in healthy medical personnel leads to measurable physical effects with elevated transcutaneous carbon dioxide values after 30 minutes. This is due to something called dead space volume and CO2 retention. Remember those two terms. They'll be very important. Masks expand the natural dead space, that's the nose, throat, trachea, and bronchi, outwards and beyond the mouth and nose. An experimental increase in the dead space volume during breathing increases carbon dioxide retention at rest and under exertion and correspondingly increases carbon dioxide partial pressure in the blood. This increase in carbon dioxide does not even account for the increase in breathing resistance when using a mask. According to the scientific data, mask wearers as a whole show a striking frequency of typical, measurable, physiological changes associated with masks. That's a direct quote from the study. A recent intervention study used a multi-ray gas analyzer to measure the absolute concentration of O2. The absolute concentration under the mask was 18.3% as compared to 20.9% in the room air. Simultaneously, the carbon dioxide concentration increased by a factor of 30 as compared to room air. This phenomenon is responsible for a statistically significant increase in carbon dioxide blood content in mask wearers. Another consequence, in addition to increased CO2, is a statistically significant drop in blood oxygen saturation, which leads to an increase in heart rate and respiratory rate. Surgical and N95 masks cause a significant increase in heart rate with a corresponding feeling of exhaustion. These symptoms were accompanied by a sensation of heat and itching 
due to moisture penetration of the mass after only 90 minutes of physical activity. Other non-physical effects include confusion, decreased thinking ability, and disorientation, including overall decreased cognitive ability and decreased psychomotoric ability. In fairness, several of these studies were conducted to see if mask wearing decreased the cognitive ability of the surgeons who were wearing them. In case you think that small changes in the pulse ox and CO2 retention are no big deal, I need to divert for a moment to explain how this really works in real life. My wife stated to me that of all medical professionals, pediatric dentists and anesthesiologists are probably the most educated on both mask wearing and airway. In fact, I had to take a six-hour course on infection control before I was allowed to even work in her office. When I initially saw the employees at Albertsons wearing masks and gloves, I immediately recognized that their improper use of physical barriers was going to create more contamination instead of less. How was Albertsons allowed to mandate their use without being required to give them a course and how to use them properly? It's a hypothetical question. I already know the answer. When it comes to oxygen desaturation, our hearts have the lowest reserve, making them the most vulnerable organ. When I had COVID and my pulse ox was in the 80s, my wife wasn't worried I would suffocate. She was worried I would have a heart attack. She also knew that the longer I went on with low pulse ox, the greater the risk I would have a heart attack because the greatest risk is a small decrease over a long period of time. Now here's the real kicker. True or false, children are at a high risk of heart attack. In the normal population, this is false as children are at such low risk that the, that the very notion is laughable. However, in a low oxygen environment, children are at the highest risk. This is due to the fact that they have the lowest reserves. I've actually observed how quickly a child can desaturate while under general anesthesia, and it can happen in mere seconds. Fortunately, we have a good anesthesiologist. We'll talk about children specifically in a few minutes, but you should already be thinking about how dangerous it is to mass children for long periods of time, and especially during physical activity. But we'll get there soon enough. According to researchers and their publications, masks also interfere with temperature regulation, impair the field of vision, and interfere with nonverbal and verbal communication. All right, I love data, so let's talk numbers. With an N95 mask, the dead space volume was determined experimentally to be 98 to 168 milliliters. This corresponds to a mask-related dead space increase of approximately 65 to 112% for adults, thus almost a doubling. The dead space amassed by the mask causes a relative reduction in the gas exchange volume available to the lungs per breath by 37%. In addition, experiments show an increase in airway resistance by a remarkable 126% on inhalation and 122% on exhalation with an N95 mask. Moisturization of the mask increases the breathing resistance by a further 3% and can thus increase the airway resistance up to 2.3 times the normal value. So let's just take a moment and talk about all of these school boards who are made up of people who somehow won a popularity contest because let's face it, that's all an election really is. Most of these people are not doctors and they aren't really even required to have a degree at all. Whether they realize it or not, Based on what we just read, they are practicing medicine without a license when they mandate masks for children. If even one child dies of a heart attack due to desaturation, especially during a sporting event, as some school boards are requiring masks even while playing a sport, that school board has just killed a child while practicing medicine without a license. We haven't even talked about children specifically yet, so I digress. Let's move on to the next category. The second category 
is internistic side effects and dangers. As early as 2012, an experiment showed that walking in mass, that walking in mass subjects compared to the identical activity without mass increased heart rate by an average of 9.4 beats per minute. A study of people with COPD and surgical mass showed an increase in partial pressure of carbon dioxide of approximately 8 millimeters of mercury and a mask-related increase in systolic blood pressure of 11 millimeters per mercury. For hemodialysis patients with end-stage renal failure, N95 masks cause a significant drop in oxygen partial pressure in 70% of patients at rest within only 4 hours. 19% of subjects experienced hypoxemia. The researchers concluded that elderly or patients with reduced cardiopulmonary function have a higher risk of developing a severe respiratory failure while wearing a mask. Other authors gave an equally critical assessment of mandatory mask use for patients with pneumonia, both with and without COVID-19 pneumonia disease. The third category is neurological side effects and dangers. In their level three evidence review, neurologists from Israel, the UK, and the USA state that a mask is unsuitable for epileptics because it can trigger hyperventilation. Hyperventilation is used in epileptics for provocation in the diagnosis of epilepsy. The respiratory increase of 15 to 20% invoked by the mask is enough to trigger a seizure in 80% of patients with generalized epilepsy and 28% of those with focal epilepsy. Initial headaches were experienced by 82% of N95 mask wearers, with 34% experiencing headaches up to four times daily. Participants wore the mask for 18.3 days over a 30-day period with a mean of 5.9 hours per day. The fourth category is psychological side effects and dangers. The use of masks for several hours, no mask is intended to be worn for hours on end, by the way, often causes further detectable adverse effects such as headaches, local acne, mask-associated skin irritation, itching, sensations of heat and dampness, impairments, and discomfort predominantly affecting the head and face. Then there's the element of fear. Over 50% of mask wearers studied had at least depressive feelings. A recent retrospective analysis of the general media in the context of the 2014 Ebola epidemic showed a scientific truth content of only 38% of all publicly published information. Researchers classified a total of 28% of the information as provocative and polarizing, and 42% as exaggerating risks. In addition, 72% of the media content aimed to stir up health-related negative feelings. The mask, which originally served as a purely hygienic purpose, meaning a physical barrier to avoid saliva, saliva, and blood saliva exchange, has been transformed into a symbol of conformity and pseudo-solidarity. Again, that's directly from the study. Category 5 is psychiatric side effects and dangers. Hypercapnia is known to trigger panic attacks. This is often used for diagnostic purposes to differentiate anxiety states in panic disorders and premenstrual dysphoria from other psychiatric cl clinical conditions. Concentrations of 5% CO2 are sufficient to trigger panic reactions within 15 to 16 minutes. According to psychiatric studies, patients with moderate to severe dementia have no understanding of COVID-19 protection measures and have to be persuaded to wear masks constantly. Category 6 is gynecological side effects and dangers. A low blood carbon dioxide level in pregnant women is maintained via an increased respiratory minute volume. 
stimulated by progesterone. The mother's blood carbon dioxide level should always be lower than that of the unborn child to ensure diffusion of CO2 from the fetal blood into the maternal circulation via the placenta. This is why pregnant women should never be required to wear a mask. Anyone who suggests otherwise is, is admitting that they do not understand fetal physiology. Pregnant women showed a decrease in carbon dioxide uptake of about 14% and a decrease in carbon dioxide output of about 18%. Category 7 is dermatological side effects and dangers. In general, masks cause the skin to become more susceptible to infections and acne. An experimental study was able to prove a, disturb, a disturbed barrier function of the skin after only four hours of wearing a mask in healthy volunteers. The moisture accumulation of the mask can lead to clinically relevant fungal, bacterial, and viral infections. A Chinese group found that when the mask was worn less than six hours per day, 68.9% of participants had skin damage as a result. When the mask was worn more than six hours a day, 81.7% experienced skin damage. A New York study found detectable skin damage in 51% of mask wearers and acne in 53% of mask wearers. Category 8 is ENT and dental side effects and dangers. Masks induce provocation of gingivitis, halitosis, candidiasis, and even plaque and caries. This is something termed mask mouth. Let me depart from the study to tell you that numerous dental studies have demonstrated that mouth breathing, as opposed to nasal breathing, creates changes in pH in the mouth. This pH change leads to proliferation of pathogenic bacteria, which in turn leads to an increased risk of cavities and all the other symptoms previously mentioned. So this is the mechanism by which mask mouth might be created. A study of mask-wearing healthcare workers found 33% diagnosed with a voice disorder. The VHI-10 score of 1 to 10 was 5.72 points higher in this group. The mask appears to compromise pressure gradients, triggering impaired vocal cord coordination and excessively loud speech. Category 9 is sports medicine side effects and dangers. Sports medicine confirmed an increase in carbon dioxide retention with elevation of CO2 partial pressure in the blood and large respiratory dead space. Studies show... All the effects previously mentioned occurred during sports, leading to hypoxia and hypercapnia. According to the WHO and CDC, they advise against mask wearing during physical exercise. Again, I remind you of the school board members who are mandating it for their students without any evidence of benefit to outweigh the risk. Category 10 is social and sociological side effects and dangers. A Chilean study found that masks cause excessively loud speech. This, in turn, causes increased aerosol production as the wearer compensates for the barrier. The WHO prioritizes social distancing and hand hygiene with moderate evidence and recommends wearing a mask with weak evidence, especially when wearers cannot maintain a distance of at least one meter. Experts point out that masks disrupt the basics of human communication. A decrease in empathy perception through the mask disrupts the doctor-patient relationship. This has already been established with randomized studies. Category 11 is social and occupational side effects and dangers. The studies in this category repeat many of the previous topics we've already discussed, so I'm going to move forward. Category 12 is microbiological consequences for wear and environment. Reuse of masks and prolonged use leads to increased risk of infection. After only two hours of mask wearing, 
the pathogen density increases almost tenfold in experimental, experimental observational studies. From this view, masks in everyday use pose a risk of contamination. So what germs were detected on the used mask? E. coli was 54% of all germs. Staph aureus, 25%. Candida, 6%. Klebsiella, 5%. Enterococcus, 4%. Pseudomonas, 3%. Enterobacter, 2%. And Micrococcus, 1%. In another study, Staph aureus and the fungus Aspergillus were found to be the dominant strains. The filtering capacity of the N95 mask is up to 0.3 micrometers and is usually not achieved by surgical masks and community masks. However, aerosol droplets, which have a diameter of 0.09 to 3 micrometers, are supposed to serve as a transport medium for viruses. These also penetrate the mask by 40%. If there's a poor fit, then their function is further impaired. This also leads to a decrease in the size of the water droplets up to the diameter of the virus. The mass filter larger aerosol droplets but cannot retain viruses themselves or smaller, potentially virus-containing droplets of less than 0.2 micrometers, and hence, it cannot stop the spread of virus. A recent experimental study even demonstrated that all mask-wearing people realized significantly and proportionally smaller particles of 0.3 to 0.5 micrometers than massless people, both when speaking, breathing, or coughing. The masks act like nebulizers and contribute to the production of very fine aerosols. Smaller particles spread faster and further than large ones for physical reasons. Of particular interest was the finding that a test subject wearing a single layer fabric mask was also able to release a total of 384% more particles than when breathing without the mask. Category 14 is pediatric side effects and hazards. As previously mentioned, children are at higher risk due to higher oxygen demand, increased hypoxia susceptibility, lower respiratory reserve, and a smaller airway with a stronger resistance when the lumen is narrowed. A recent observational study of tens of thousands of mask-wearing children in Germany found complaints of headaches in 53%, difficulty concentrating 50%, joylessness 49%, learning difficulties, 38%, and fatigue, 37%. 25% had new onset anxiety or nightmares. The 15th and final category is effects on the environment. The WHO estimates a demand of 89 million masks per month. Contaminated mask decomposition, decomposition and entrance into the food chain is a significant cause for concern. So there you have it, the negative consequences of mask wearing that must be considered alongside the minimal benefits offered by masks. As I often do, I'm going to shift gears here a little bit because I have something else I think it's important for you to know. I've been wondering, why did I get so sick, but my wife didn't? Based on the virus-blood interactions that I've been studying, I began to wonder if it could be so simple as different blood types. I hit the research and immediately found several studies confirming what I suspected. So here are the simple details. First off, negative RH factor is protective against COVID. So if you have RH positive blood, you are at a higher risk for a severe consequence of COVID infection. By and large, people with type O blood are hardly affected by COVID. 
They're rarely hospitalized, and they almost never die unless they were already close to death before infection. People with blood type A are at a greater risk as they are still more often hospitalized, but it's still unlikely that they will die in spite of the hospitalization. Most of the people who are dying of COVID are type B and type AB blood. It probably wouldn't surprise you then that my blood type is B positive. I was in the high risk group and I didn't know it. Since most medical professionals are telling patients that we just don't know and can't predict who will get sick, we can offer tremendous service to our patients and to our friends and family by spreading this information. If anybody gives you a hard time, just tell them it's in the research. I don't know why the poorly educated guy on the nightly news hasn't shared this information with you yet, and I wouldn't hold my breath either. Well, I hope you learned something from all of this today, uh, as I know I did, and I hope you're better armed to share scientific facts with the people around you. As always, I hope you have the very best week possible, and I'll see you again next time. Thank <laughs> you.